Thank you, worship team. Uh, one of my favorite hymns, uh, talking about uh, how great uh, our God is. Uh, one of the, one of the, a hymn that we sang as my grandpa was in the hospice care. So heart that's very dear to me. So I thank you for that. Um, but uh, my family is also here uh, this weekend, so I've enjoyed time with them. I don't know if they know I'm here or not. Uh, they're consumed with the grandchild, the grandbaby, Ezra. Um, so I. I Hi, Mom and Dad. Uh, here, too. Uh, <laughs> kidding. They've, they've been great. I've enjoyed them. Um, but we started, we've been working through a series uh, the past couple of weeks, um, 2020 Vision. Uh, as, as you heard, Andrew Weaver, uh, the, the youth director for the Northeast Conference, uh, they're doing uh, Vision 2020. As I said, you could probably not travel uh, more than an hour to radius and hear a sermon about 2020 Vision every single Sunday uh, this year. So it's our turn. Uh, but we're finishing up uh, today um, as, as we've been talking about the vision. And, and two weeks ago, as, as we started this series, we talked about the importance of vision and, and more specifically, the importance of our why. Why we do what we do. Why you do what you do. And in the world, I think there's kind of three main whys or three main reasons as to why people do what they do. And, and again, those are success. Number three, I think, is success. Um, people are highly motivated to achieve success in their life. I, I think we, we look no further than, than the worlds of the athletes. And, and Kobe Bryant, who, who was a great athlete, he had the desire to be successful. I think money is probably the second biggest uh, why in, in, in America, but also in the world. People want to prosper financially. That's that's why they do what they do, so that they can have money. People want the newest car, TV clothes. They want the dream house. People spend the first 65 years of their life uh, accumula accumulating wealth so that they can retire comfortably and have a nice house and go on vacations. And then I think the, the biggest why in America and in the world is happiness. I, I think people are motivated to be happy. And, and our society tells us, you know, do what, what makes you feel good. Do what makes you happy. And I told you all that my main motivating factor of growing up uh, was what made me happy. Life was all about making Kyle happy growing up. I'm sorry, mom and dad. Uh, but Jesus tells us that we cannot serve two masters. It's impossible. He says it's impossible to serve two masters. So it's impossible for us to serve God and to serve ourselves at the same time. It's impossible to serve God and to serve our desire to have success, money, or happiness. No, happiness or money or success aren't bad. They can all be used for very good. But when, when our purpose in life, when our why in life focus around success, money, and happiness, that's when we, we run into a lot of trouble because Jesus says it's impossible to serve two masters. You cannot serve God and serve your desire for success, money, and happiness. And so I encourage and still encourage you all to focus on what is your why? Why do you do what you do? And I hope and pray that all of us, we can truthfully and honestly say that our motivation, our why, is focused and centered around God. And so last week, we, we uh, talked more about uh, the church level. Two weeks ago, we talked about the individual level. But last week and today, we're talking about the church level. Why we do what we do as a church. Why, why do we do what we do? And, and about 15, 20 of us uh, talked about this a couple months ago uh, as we uh, had a meeting regarding our vision statement. And we said, why we do what we do is growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. 
That's why we do what we do, growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. And last week we talked about growing closer to God, and we learned that we can grow closer to God in pretty much the same five ways in which we grow closer to one another. As Chapman, he did a study on the five love languages and those five ways in which we express love towards one another. And those five, those five same ways, we can express love to God with quality time, with physical touch. That's the trickiest one, but you can feel God's presence. With words of affirmation, giving God the praise that he deserves. Acts of service, serving God and his church and his people. And then gifts, giving back to God and his church. Those are five ways in which we can grow closer to to God. And they're the same exact ways in which we can grow closer to one another, the, the five love languages. But not only do we as a church want to grow closer to God, but as I mentioned, we want to expand God's kingdom. We want to expand his kingdom. That is our, that is our purpose. That's our why. That's our vision statement. Growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. So repeat after me. Growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. Yes, that, that is why we do what we do. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about expanding God's kingdom, a, a key part of why we do North Hills, why we do what we do, expanding God's kingdom. And so most of us are familiar with the kingdom, but the kingdom is the hope that we have as Christians. The kingdom was the core of Jesus' gospel message, the core of his ministry and the message. Where Jesus right now, he's sitting at the right hand of God in heaven. But one day, Jesus is going to return to this earth. And when he returns, he's going to establish his father's kingdom here on earth. We're going to dwell forever on earth. We're going to dwell with God himself. Revelation 21.3 says that God himself, I love that, God himself is going to dwell with us. We'll be able to see God face to face. I long for that day where I can meet my creator, meet my heavenly father face to face and Jesus Christ and all of our other loved ones who gave their life over to God and his son, Jesus Christ. I like to think of the kingdom as a never-ending celebration. It's a never-ending celebration. We all like to have a good time. We all like to be happy. Well, the kingdom is like a never-ending celebration because we will have eternal life eternal life and where everything wrong in this world is going to be made right. It's a never-ending celebration of what God has done for each and every one of us. And Jesus tells us that we need to put our hope in the kingdom. And the, the other writers of the Bible, they tell us we need to put our hope in the coming kingdom. And I could go on and on and on about how the, the core of Jesus' message was all about the kingdom, but, but that's not my purpose uh, this morning. Um, but the kingdom, unfortunately, uh, doesn't really receive a whole lot of talk in Christian circles. Um, however, it is starting to make a turn. Uh, in the church in America, people are starting to talk about the kingdom more and more. And that makes my day. Are any of you guys familiar with N.T. Wright? N.T. Wright is probably the most well-known and respected uh, New Testament scholar. And he wrote a biography about Paul the Apostle. Uh, apostle, uh, which I'm reading right now. And in it, uh, he talks about how Paul and other first century Christians were focused on the kingdom. And I didn't, I didn't just want to want to, I don't want to speak for N.T. Wright himself. So I'm going to read you guys a chunk of what uh, the most famous New Testament scholar wrote as he's talking about Paul and these other Christians and their focus on the kingdom. So in this biography about Paul, N.T. Wright 
writes, uh, the early Christians did not focus much attention on the question of what happened to people immediately after they died. So here he's saying people didn't, back then in the first century, people didn't really focus what happened right after death. They, they, they didn't really uh, care about that. If that question came up, their answer might, and, and I might disagree with this, but their answer might be that they would be with the Messiah or as in Jesus' remarks to the dying brigand, that they might be with him in paradise. But they seldom spoke about it at all. They were much more concerned with the kingdom of God, which was something that was happening and would ultimately happen completely on earth as in heaven. What mattered was the ultimate restoration of the whole of creation with God's people being raised from the dead to take their place in the running of this new world. Whatever happened to people immediately after death was by comparison unimportant, a mere interim. And however much it might seem incredible, the early Jesus followers really did believe that God's kingdom was not simply a future reality, though obviously it had a strong still future dimension. God's kingdom had already been launched through the events of Jesus' life. Unless we get this firmly in our heads, we will never understand the inner dynamic of Paul's mission. So here N.T. Wright, the most famous New Testament scholar, says, if we don't understand that people, the, the early church, that Jesus and, and Paul and the other early Christians, if we don't understand that they were focused on the kingdom, then he says we will never understand the core of their message. And I love to read that. I thought that was so cool to read because often uh, I'm used to being in the minority. Um, but here, the, big, the single biggest New Testament writer, the single biggest New Testament writer said that we should put our focus on the kingdom. And again, this idea of the kingdom is becoming more and more popular, which makes me so happy because uh, N.T. Wright said it himself, they weren't really worried about what happened right after death. They weren't worried about that. Rather, they worried about when Jesus was to return and to establish his father's kingdom. So again, the kingdom is the hope that we have as Christians. That, that's what the kingdom is all about. And, and as I mentioned before, Jesus talked all the time about the kingdom. And we can see this in Matthew chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew. And we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 13. And here Jesus, uh, in talking uh, with his disciples, uh, a bit talking with the crowds, and, th and then he talks to his uh, disciples. And here in, in Matthew chapter 13 alone, uh, he tells eight different parables about uh, the kingdom. Now, a parable is basically a, a, an analogy. You know, Jesus would often, rather than saying something black and white, as we often notice in our Sunday school class, uh, we wish he would say things more black and white at times, but oftentimes he, he would say, teach things in a parable, in an analogy. And he would basically tell a short story to make a point. He would use something that the people dealt with regularly back then to, to make a point about something. And often he would use these parables to make a point about the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 13, as Jesus is telling all these different parables, he tells eight different parables about the kingdom. But we're going to focus on two very short parables in Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 33. And so it reads, uh, starting in verse 31, it reads, he put another parable before them, saying, so this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's bringing another parable before them. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. 
He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So here Jesus, as he's uh, teaching to his disciples, he uses two different parables, two different analogies to talk about the kingdom. And the first, the mustard seed, and the second, the leaven. And Jesus also, uh, I want to mention, Jesus uh, calls the kingdom the kingdom of heaven. Oftentimes in the book of Matthew, you'll see the kingdom being described as the kingdom of heaven. You're probably more familiar uh, with it being termed the kingdom of God. But again, uh, the Jews, they didn't like to use the name of God. So Jesus here, uh, he, he was calling it the kingdom of heaven to appease the Jews. But if we think about it, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is the same because here of uh, it can really be can really mean from. So the kingdom, Jesus here is saying the kingdom is from heaven, but he's also saying the kingdom is from God. And that makes perfect sense, or it should make perfect sense, because God is in heaven, and God is preparing that kingdom for us. So it's the kingdom from heaven coming to earth, or it's the kingdom from God coming to earth. But here Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all. The garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So Jesus compares the kingdom to a mustard seed. And a mustard seed was the smallest seed that, that they had back then. A mustard seed was about one millimeter in diameter. But the thing about a mustard seed is if a man goes and, and sows a mustard seed and he takes good care of that seed and that plant, then that mustard seed will grow into a big mustard tree or bush. And, and this tree can, can be as high as 30 feet tall and 20 feet wide. So this tiny one millimeter seed can grow from just one millimeter to 30 feet tall and 30 feet wide. That, that, that's incredible to think about. One millimeter, one seed that's one millimeter can grow to be 30 feet tall and 20 feet wide. Here Jesus is saying that, that the kingdom is like that. The kingdom is like the process of the mustard seed growing from a, one tiny little seed and growing to be 30 feet tall and 20 feet wide. Here Jesus is telling us that the kingdom is growing, that this message of the kingdom is growing, or it must grow. It must grow like the mustard seed, the, the, the smallest seed that they had back then that grew into a big tree. And here Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, to a mustard seed. As again, the kingdom should be growing. As we're, as we're sowing this seed, as we're sowing this message among the people, this message should be growing in popularity and in number. And then Jesus then compares the kingdom of heaven to leaven. In verse 33, he, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now for many of you people out there, you, you may not be very familiar with leaven. Um, before uh, Thursday afternoon, I was not very familiar with leaven. Uh, but now I, I'm quite familiar with leaven as I did a lot of, uh, I, or not a lot, but I did some research as far as what leaven is. Because if you know anything about me, uh, I don't really cook at all. Uh, Jamie can attest to that. You, you probably don't want me to cook for you. You're welcome. I haven't cooked anything for any of these potlucks or anything because... I might fear your life if, if I did. Um, but here, leaven, uh, it, it, it's a substance that causes bread to rise. Yeast is the most common 
leaven, but baking powder, baking soda all serve as leavening agents. So, so leaven is a, is a substance in bread that causes it to rise. Yeast being the most common uh, eight, uh, leavening agent, uh, yeast was, is a single-celled fungus, and it takes 20 billion yeast cells to, to weigh one gram. That's a lot of yeast cells to make one gram. If you didn't know, there's over 450 grams in one pound. So 20 billion yeast cells, 20 billion yeast, the, the single-celled fungus, and, and it, makes, it makes less than one, 140, or one, 450th of a pound. And so these single-celled fungi, they eat sugar, and they grow in number. And when they eat the sugar, they grow in number. And when they do this, they release the carbon, dinox the carbon dioxide, which causes the bread to rise. That's the process of the bread rising. So, so that's the leaven uh, that we use to cook with, or that some people use to cook with. Not, I don't use it to cook with, because again, I don't cook. But that's the stuff that Jamie or some of the other people might cook with. If you're making your own bread, um, you, if you want to make your own bread, then you need kind of a starter bit of dough. You make your own dough, you set it in a warm environment and wait until yeast grows. And then when, ye when yeast grows in that, in that small bit of dough, you take some of that starter dough with the yeast in it and you mix it in with a big chunk of dough. And when you mix it in with that big chunk of dough, the, the, this fungi, this yeast, it spreads throughout the whole bread. It grows in number as it eats the sugar and it causes the bread to rise. So, so you start with just a little chunk uh, of leaven or yeast and bread, but then it spreads throughout the whole loaf of bread. Has anybody uh, done this before? Has anybody made their own bread? A, a couple of people, yeah. I, I don't know if you had success or not, but it seems uh, uh, like a really cool process. Again, I'm no cook at all, but after reading all about this, I'm kind of intrigued about trying to make my own bread and making my own little yeast colony and uh, making some bread, making some loaves of bread. But it starts as just one little bit, one little bit of dough with yeast in it, but then it grows all over. It grows throughout the whole uh, loaf of bread. And here Jesus says that same exact process is like the kingdom, where, where, where it starts out in just one place, one chunk, and then it grows throughout and it spreads and affects the whole loaf of bread. And here Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, it's just like that leaven. It's just like that yeast that infects the whole bread. So Jesus here is saying that the kingdom must grow. It must grow in number. This message of the kingdom must grow. It must grow to be comparable to a mustard seed, and it must grow to be comparable to leaven. So Jesus is calling us to, to, to spread this gospel message to one another because this message of the kingdom like the seed and the leaven, it must grow and grow and grow. And again, I, I think that's why we do what we do. Our, that's, that's one of the big why we do what we do. Again, we, we're, our purpose as a church is to grow closer to God, but our purpose as a church is also to expand God's kingdom. And we need to expand God's kingdom just like the mustard seed here. We need to expand God's kingdom just like the leaven here. Because the mustard seed and the leaven or the yeast, it starts so small, but then it grows and grows and grows. And this message of the kingdom, it started so small. 
I mean, there, there weren't a, a, a lot of uh, Jesus followers, um, and, and there weren't a, a ton of Jews earlier uh, in talking about the message of the kingdom. There weren't a lot of people who believed in, in, in this message of the kingdom, but Jesus said that this message of the kingdom was going to grow and grow and grow. And we are seeing that. We are seeing that, that more and more people are wanting to be a part of this kingdom. And I think that is why we do what we do. One of the big reasons as to why we do what we do is to expand God's coming kingdom. Again, just like the mustard seed and just like the leaven in Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 33. That is our purpose as a church, to expand this kingdom number and to bring in as many people as we can into God's kingdom. Now, I love numbers. How many more people like numbers? Raise your hand if you like numbers. I love numbers. Math was, was always my favorite subject growing up until uh, there started to be more letters than numbers in my math equations. That's when math uh, wasn't really my favorite. I don't know if any of you guys can relate with me. But I love, I love, and I loved numbers. I, I love looking at statistics and, and different data. I love numbers. Now, with that said, it's hard for me at times to not focus on church attendance. I'm going to be honest with you. That, that, that's a fault that I have as a pastor. Sometimes it's difficult for me to not focus on church attendance, to not focus on, on how many people are here this morning. But I had to remind myself over and over and over again, it's not about the number of people who come to church. That's not what it's about at all. That's not what it is at all about, but, but it's hard for me to, to focus on that and to remember. For what good would it be if North Hills grew to an average attendance of 10,000? You know, that, that, that's, that's a big congregation. What good would it be if we grew to 10,000, but nobody was found righteous and nobody entered God's coming kingdom? What good would that be? And the answer is None. It would be no good. It would be a waste of all of our time. For again, that's not why we do what we do. Our purpose as a church isn't to grow the amount of people sitting in these chairs. Yeah, I think that's an important part of the process, but that's not why we do what we do. The number that we should be focusing on is how many people are we bringing in to God's kingdom? That's the number that I need to focus on. That's the number that I want each and every one of us to focus on. It's how many people are we bringing in to God's kingdom? Because I'll tell you this, the answer is not the same as far as who's sitting in on a church and people who enter God's coming kingdom. Our focus cannot be on church attendance. Our focus must be on God's coming kingdom and how many people we are bringing toward God's coming kingdom. And I want us to be a church that is focused on expanding that number, on expanding the amount of people going in to God's coming kingdom, a place where there's nothing wrong, a place where everything wrong with this world, let me tell you, there's a lot wrong with this world, a place where everything wrong with this world will be made right. My purpose, my, my goal as a pastor is to bring as many people into God's coming kingdom as possible. And so again, I, I don't want our focus to be on, on attendance as again, I, for me, and I'd imagine some of you guys are similar, it, it's hard to not focus on the attendance, on church attendance, but again, that's not the number we need to focus on. It would do us no good if we came every single Sunday 
But if we weren't focused on God's coming kingdom, the number that we must be focused on is how many people we are bringing into God's kingdom. And again, that is a big reason as to why we do what we do. It's to one, grow closer to God. that's, that's, That's half of the goal that I have as a pastor is for each of you guys to grow closer to God. But the other half is to make sure that we are expanding God's kingdom. That we aren't hoarding this message of the kingdom to ourselves, but that we're sharing it with our loved ones. That we're sharing it with our friends, that we're sharing it with our family, that we're sharing it with our bosses, our coworkers, our employees, friends at school, our teachers, our principal, whoever it may be. Our purpose as a church, as a body of believers, is to expand God's coming kingdom. That is why we do what we do. I, I know I'm saying that a lot, but I, I want to drill that in your head, that why we do what we do is growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. That is why we do what we do, so that we can continue to be growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. So again, repeat after me. Growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. That is why we do what we do as a church. And your purpose in life, your why in life, should probably revolve somehow one way or another around growing closer to God and and, and spreading that message with others. Both on an individual and on a church level, we, we must be growing deeper We must be growing closer to God. We must be growing in our faith. We must be growing in our knowledge of his word. We must be growing deeper, but we must also be growing wider. We can't be one-dimensional. We must be growing wider as well. We must share that message with one another. For Jesus says the kingdom is like a mustard seed. And a mustard seed starts as one millimeter. But that mustard seed grows 30 feet tall and 20 feet wide. Jesus also says that the kingdom is like leaven or some yeast. That starts so small, that starts as just a little colony, itty-bitty colony that we can't see with the naked eye, but it grows and grows and grows to a whole and spreads to a whole loaf of bread. Jesus compares the kingdom to these two things. And so that tells me that the kingdom must be growing. We must be expanding the number of people to enter God's coming kingdom. It must be growing. If it's not growing, then we're failing then we're failing as a church. If we are not expanding God's kingdom, then we're failing as a church. We must be growing closer to God and we must be expanding God's coming kingdom. So no matter what you are doing here, no matter how you serve, no matter what capacity you serve here at this church, I hope that you are doing it to one, grow closer to God, and two, to expand God's coming kingdom kingdom. Because again, the why is the core of it all. As we talked about Simon Sinek a couple weeks ago, he says we have to start with why. We must know why we do what we do. And we as an organization, we as a body of believers, we do things because, I hope we do these things, because we want to grow closer to God and expand his kingdom. So one more time, I want you to repeat after me. We, we, are, we as a church, we are growing closer to God Growing closer to God, yes, and expanding his kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for uh, this church. Father, thank you for uh, this body of believers. Father, I pray that we can be uh, a church that is focused in on you 
in your son and your coming kingdom. Father, I pray that we are a church that focuses on growing closer to you and a church that focuses on expanding your coming kingdom. Father, I pray we don't fall into the trap of uh, focusing on how many people we can get here in these walls because, Father, as you know, that's not what it's all about. And, Father, I, I pray that you remind us on a daily basis that it's all about bringing people into your kingdom and growing closer to you. And I thank you for, for giving us this purpose. I, I, I thank you for giving us this vision, this why in our life. And I pray that we are a church that is continually growing closer to you and expanding your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.